Let me uh, pray and we'll get, we'll, we'll get uh, into this message. Heavenly Father, thank you for the opportunity that we have to be here. Bless us, Lord, I pray, as we minister. Speak to us, Lord, about what faith is and help us to grow in our understanding and living by faith. In Christ's name, and everybody said, look at your neighbor and say, you need more faith. As followers of Christ, we are people of faith. In Hebrews 11 and 1, it, it defines faith. It says this, faith shows the reality of what we hope for, and it is the evidence of things we cannot see. Through their faith, the people in days of old earned a good reputation. By faith, we understand the entire universe was formed at God's command, and what, now, what we now see did not come from anything that could be or that can be seen. Verse 6 says, it is impossible to please God without faith. Don't forget that verse because we're going to use it for the next couple of weeks. It is impossible to please God without faith, and anyone who wants to come to him must believe that God exists, or I could, you could say it like this, must first believe that God exists and that he rewards those. Everybody say rewards. He rewards those who sincerely seek him. The last few weeks, we've talked about what faith is. Number one, faith is believing. That's the first part of faith. Number two, faith is understanding. We understand things that cannot be explained because of our faith. These are messages that I've preached the last few weeks. We understand that faith is choosing. God does not have to prove himself to me because I choose first to believe that God is who he says that he is. And last week, we talked about how faith is acting. It's not just believing, but it's acting on our faith. And as we read, or as you can read in Hebrews, the 11th chapter, that it's about people of faith, the patriarchs of the great hall of faith, Abraham, Moses, all of the Israelites, they, they didn't just believe, but they acted on their faith. By faith, Noah built an ark when it had never rained on the earth before. They obeyed, they moved, they went, they offered, they gave, they sacrificed, they lived according to what they believed, and they acted on their faith. They took a step of faith because faith is proven by our actions. Let me say that again. Your faith is proven by your actions. Amen? James, the second chapter in the 24th verse says, so you see, let me, let me, in case you don't know it, does everybody know what amen means? Amen means so be it. I agree with it. So if I, so if I tell you, I say, well, it's, I know it's a thing that we only say in church. Nobody's like at a business meeting on Monday morning. They say, okay, we need to, we need to raise our profits. And everybody in the, in the room says, amen. You know, it's, it's, it's a church thing, okay? But it just means that, that you agree with what I'm saying. So just, just a, a side note there. Our faith must grow. Let me back up. James 2 and 24 says, so you see, we are shown to be right with God by what we do, not by faith alone. Believing is not enough. We have to act on our faith. Our faith must grow from a faith that only believes to a faith that acts. Are you with me? Uh, you're, we've got to grow in our faith from, oh, well, I just believe. We've got to grow from that to, okay, now I'm going to start living my life according to what I believe. What does faith look like? What, what, have, what do acts of faith look like? 2 Corinthians 5 and 7 says, For we walk by faith 
and not by sight. For we walk, we take steps every single day that lead us closer to the destination that God has for our lives. We take daily steps of faith that are taking us closer to our destination with Jesus. When it comes to acting in faith, here's what we do. Colossians 2 and 6 says this. It says, and now, just as you have accepted Christ, the apostle Paul, when he writes this letter to the church in Corinth, he's talking to people that are probably new believers. And he says, just as, just as you have given your life to Christ, just as you, as you have accepted Jesus as your Lord, you must continue to follow him. So we don't just believe in Christ. We make decisions that we're going to follow Christ. How do we follow Christ? Step by step. Am I making sense? So we, step by step, he says, he says uh, to follow him. Verse 7 says, let your roots grow down into him and let your lives be built on him. So now he's talking about, hey, you need to grow in God. You need to become mature in God. Then your faith. Your faith will grow. It's important that your faith grows, all right? It's not maturity, spiritual maturity, growing in God is a result of a growing faith. He says, then, he says, then your faith will grow strong in the what? In the what? What's the word? Truth. Your faith grows strong in truth, which is the word of God. As, as our faith grows, our understanding of the word of God grows, and you will overflow with thankfulness. So here's what we said. It's important that we understand growing in God is about steps of faith. When we talk about actions of faith, it's not about necessarily leaps of faith. It's about steps of faith. Were you here last week? Did you, did you watch this online? It's, it, there's, a, there's a faith that is associated when you first give your life to Christ that, well, I'm going to give my life to Christ. It's, it's about taking small steps for smaller amounts of faith. And then as we grow in God, as our faith establishes through smaller steps, God wants to do something bigger in our lives. And I'm not going to climb the ladders today, but you know what I'm talking about. This is the big faith. This is the thing that you're believing God for, the big step of faith where God wants to take you. But understand that I'm not going to launch up to the front. I'm going to take steps even for big faith. Great faith, big faith happens as a result of small steps of faith. Amen? So what we're asking ourselves is what is the small step of faith that God wants me to take? Why is this? Because here's what happens. Uh, you don't have to put this verse, but 11, Hebrews 11, 7 says, anyone who wants to come to him, anybody who wants to come to God must believe that God exists and he rewards those who sincerely seek him. I had you said that word earlier. He rewards those. Say that with me. He rewards those. One more time. He rewards those. What does he reward? Jesus rewards actions of faith. He rewards actions of faith. And here's what we find out in the Bible. God is not moved by our need. He is aware of our need, but he's not also moved by our need, but he is moved and he rewards our faith, our actions of faith. Let me show you something. Luke 5 and 17 says this. Luke 5 and 17 says, One day while Jesus was teaching some Pharisees, this is a story of something, one of the miracles that Jesus performed. One day while Jesus was speaking or teaching, some Pharisees and teachers of religious law were sitting nearby 
It seemed that these guys always showed up from every village in all Galilee and Judea as well as from Jerusalem. I think it's funny that Luke, who wrote this, was complaining. It's in parentheses. It seems like these guys were always showing up. Nobody liked them. Okay, anyway, he says, And the Lord's healing power was strongly with Jesus. And some men came carrying a paralyzed man on a sleeping mat, and they tried to take him inside to Jesus, but they couldn't reach him because of the crowd. So they went up to the roof and took off some of the tiles, and then they lowered the sick man into the mat down into the crowd right in front of Jesus. Get a mental image of this. Right in front. The, the roofs in those days were, were, were flat, so they could get up there, but they had to tear off a, a part of the roof in order to get him, probably a significant part. Probably the owner of the house did not appreciate that too much. However, they lowered this man down, and let's look at this. 20th verse says, seeing their faith. Let me read that again. Jesus, seeing their faith, Jesus said to them, young man, your sins are forgiven. Can you imagine, just, just imagine this just for a second, that all of this trouble that they go through to get this person to Jesus, they lower him down by ropes or however they get him in front of, you know, in front of Jesus, and then he's laying there, and they, knowing Jesus is a miracle performer, he's done this before, he's opened the eyes of the blind, he's, he's, people that were lame have, have been healed before, he's raised people from the dead, he's, he's sitting right there in front of him, and he's sitting there waiting on his miracle, he sits there for a second, and he's, it's about to happen, he's heard of this thing before, and Jesus looks at him and says, your sins are forgiven. Well, thank you, but that's not why I'm here. You know what I'm saying? That's not the miracle that, that we're looking before. Before the healing, Jesus addresses his sins. Why? Because the first step and the most important step of our faith is believing in Jesus. Because our greatest issues in life are always a sin problem. To Jesus, the condition of your soul is much more important than the condition of your body. Don't miss this. The first thing that he says, knowing that he needs a miracle, he sees the situation, he knows the condition of his soul, he takes care of that first. We, if, if I'd have been sitting there, I'd have been thinking, let's, let's perform the miracle first. Don't forget this. So, social justice says, help the poor, heal the sick. Yes, we do that as a church. But the first and foremost thing that it's, it's important that we do is that we address the sin that holds people back. Amen? Jesus shows us the priority and says, hold up. This comes first. Social justice says healing, healing means nothing. Or let me just say it like this. Healing means nothing if people die in their sin. Are you with me? Healing and social justice and feeding the poor and helping people out and buying kids bikes. I'm all about it. We do it. Okay, that means nothing if people die in their sins. We can't miss that as a church. That is our most important job as a church. The church is Jesus to the world. And we are in the business of getting people saved. It's prioritized over missions, feeding the hungry, giving things away, bikes, faith in Jesus as Savior is first, and Jesus made salvation a priority. Therefore, so does the church. If you believe that, say amen. Let me keep reading. 
But the Pharisees and the teachers of the religious law said to them, hey, who does God think he is? He's speaking blast. Nobody can forgive sins but God. And Jesus knew what was in their hearts. He knew what they were thinking. He asked them, why do you question in your hearts? Is it easier to say, hey, your sins are forgiven? Or is it easier to say, rise and walk? But just so you'll understand, Jesus looked at him and said, sir, stand Pick up your mat and go home. And immediately, as everyone watched, the man jumped up, picked up his mat, went home praising God. And everyone was gripped with great wonder and awe and praised God, exclaiming, we've never seen anything like this. I guess I'm paraphrasing. Let me just quickly break it down with the rest of my time. The paralyzed man was acting on faith, and here's how he did it, I believe. Number one, he had a plan of faith. He had a plan of faith. He didn't, you can see all the detail that goes into this story. I don't know who did it. I don't know who said it, but somebody said, hey, Jesus is coming to town. We need to get you to Jesus. I, or maybe it was him. And he heard that Jesus was coming to town, and he put together a plan. But a lot of times we, we have a backup plan. And it's not, there's nothing wrong with having a backup plan, but a lot of times our plan is all made up of fear instead of faith. Here's what I want to tell you. What is your plan for faith? I know what, I know what fear feels like. I know a lot of times we, we have plans that are based on fear, but what is your plan for faith? We have a plan to fail. A lot of times we pray about something. I was talking about this in our prayer service today, our prayer meeting at 9 a.m., and I was talking about a prayer of faith. James says, if you need anything from God, bring people together, bring the church elders together, and pray, and the prayer of faith heals people and saves people. In other words, when we pray, we're not just throwing up prayers. We're not just saying things to God and doubting that it will ever, just in case. No, we pray with an expectation that God is going to move tremendously in our lives. We pray with expectation. That is the prayer of faith. I want to know, what is your plan of faith? Now, there's nothing wrong with having a backup plan. At Faith Go, our, our team, we always have, I always tell them, I say, what is your plan C? What do you mean, what is your plan C? Well, that's just in case plan A and plan B doesn't work out. Because that happens a lot in, in ministry. So we have a plan C, but we don't have that because we doubt God. It's just that we have a plan. We believe that God is going to do something in our lives, but God might have to do something else. So we don't always understand what God is going to do. But we believe that whatever God decides to do, whether he does it or whether he decides not to move, we understand that it's for our best because we serve a sovereign God. So that's why no matter what we're praying for, no matter if it happens or no matter if it happens or if it doesn't happen, we serve a sovereign God that wants what is best for us. But whatever we pray for, we pray in believing. We have a plan of faith. Amen? Faith believes and takes action even in the risk, even if there is a risk of failure. Did you hear that? Faith, when we pray, and we, faith believes and takes action even with the risk of failure because our faith is based on our, a sovereign God. Here's the deal. Even if you, even if you fail, I, I don't care how much I fail as long as I'm walking by faith. 
Because here's what I found out. A lot of times, sometimes victory comes through a process of failures. Let me say that again. Sometimes victory comes through a process of failures. Let me give you an example. Uh, how many times have you quit something, a, a bad habit, until it finally you saw a breakthrough? How many times did you have to quit? How many times did you sin before you finally got victory over that, over a process of failures? That's because, that, that's because your faith did not give up. Let me ask you this. How many interviews did you have to go through? You know, how many times were you rejected until you finally got the job that you wanted? Here's a good question. How many people did you have to go through before you finally found your dream spouse? Right? Finally found your dream, right, babe? How, how, how many... How many guys did you actually date? How many guys? How, don't answer that. Just look right up here. How many Mr. Wrongs were there until you found Mr. Right? Sometimes success is a result of many failures. So faith believes and takes action even though there is a chance, there is a risk of failure because we believe and a sovereign God and God's plan for our lives. John 10 and 10 says, Jesus, the Lord says, I've come that you have life and have it abundance. And I'm going to talk about that scripture in a couple of weeks. But he, he has a plan of life, abundant life for you, no matter what you're going through, no matter what you're struggling through. This man had a plan of faith. Number two, he had friends of faith. He didn't just have a plan, but he had some friends that were walking with him in faith. Sometimes... Some of our problem is, is not our faith. Some of the times, sometimes it's the people around us. Are you with me? Verse 19 says, so they went up to the roof and took off the tiles. Then they lowered the sick man on his mat down into the crowd right in front of Jesus. He was surrounded by a circle of believers that were going to get him to Jesus. Let me ask you something. Or let, me, let, me, let me just state something. When you can't walk, you need some people like this around you to help you get you to Jesus. Amen? When you can't get there, you need somebody like this young man did to get him to Jesus. You need a few of these tear-off-the-roof friends in your life, that kind of faith. You need a few, no matter what it takes, people in your life. The, hey, they, they came walking up to the front door, and they couldn't get in, and somebody looked at somebody else and said, well, we didn't get all dressed up for nothing. We didn't haul your broken self all the way down here to not see Jesus. We're going to do something no matter what. We're going to get you to Jesus. He had friends of faith. Let me, let me go just a little bit deeper. I'm going to need a couple of volunteers. Where's Trent? You, you guys come up here. I need, I need a couple more. Come on, John Quentin. Come on up here. I told you I was going to wake you up today, didn't I? <laughs> Come on up here. Y'all just come over here. I'm going to move this out of the way. Let's go. Let's go, guys. Let's get to moving. These people ain't got all day. Bring it right over here. Bring it right over here. Long ways. Long ways. These guys have no idea. I just, they have no idea what we're going to do. Yeah, I just set it right there. Before we do this, I just, let's just kind of make a circle. This, this is not a circle. This is a, a horseshoe with me on the end. Can you guys make a circle? It's hard to get guys to do stuff like this. Have you noticed? Switch me. I need to. Can you guys see me okay? This is still in a circle, guys. I need you to circle. Yeah. This is a square. There we go. There we go. All right. So I call this 
I call this the four people principle, all right? The idea is there's about five people, four or five people in your life that no matter what, no matter what, they're going to take you to Jesus. You hear what I'm saying? We need people like this in our lives because there will come a time in your life when people might have to carry you. So, so it's important to have people like that. And here's another thing. A lot of us, including me, we have people outside the body of Christ. And man, they're awesome. I've got friends outside the body of Christ that I feel like would do anything. But if you have friends outside the body of Christ, they can only take you so far because if they're not walking with the Lord, they can't get you to Jesus. Are you hearing me? So what I'm telling you is, who are your four people? Because, guys, you think you guys can carry me? Because I'm, I'm, feeling, I'm feeling hurt. So I need, I need, so there's a time when the square, when the circle, somebody's going to get injured, and you got to go to the, you got to go in the middle, and you're injured. All right? All right, can you guys lift this up? Okay. All right. So, so what I'm going to need you guys to do is I'm going to need you to carry me around the church, okay? Okay. C can you do this? Yes. All right. Take a couple of steps. Hang on just a second. Wait, wait, wait. Put it down. Put it down. It's a little bit sketchy. I feel the Lord lead me. Somebody else needs to take this ride. <laughs> Kenny, come on up here. You going to take this ride for us? All right. Uh, no, I need you to carry it. We'll get in there. <laughs> Lay down there, Will. So here's the deal. Will needs to get to Jesus, which basically I need, I need you guys to take him around, all right? All right? So you guys, you guys got this. Will, you okay? Yes, I'm doing great. All right. Hang right. Hang right. Who's right? You, the, my right. <laughs> I, I want you to see, guys, I want you to see what it was like to carry this guy. They loaded him up on a mat. It took some friends of faith to load him. Can you guys get the moving? I got to keep talking until you guys get here. <laughs> Let's go. Jesus doesn't have all day. <laughs> it took some friends of faith to get this man to Jesus. What's going on back there? Let's go. And this is why I'm telling you this, is why you, you, this is why you need people around you of faith, because there will come a time in your life when you can't carry yourself. There will come a time in your life when you're sick or you're hurting. And it's, and it's, always, it's, always, it's always good when, some, when you're carrying people, but there might come a time in your life, come on, bring them on up here. Bring them on up here. Let's go. You guys sweating yet? <laughs> Let's go. <laughs> All right, just stay right there. Stay right there. Okay, so, you know, but here's, here's, here's the deal. In order for them to be, <laughs> you, guys, you guys all right? You just hold him right there. Can you guys turn sideways? Can you guys turn sideways? Just turn sideways. Yeah, go ahead. Let me, let me tell you, he needs friends of faith. Here's what, let me tell you what he doesn't need. First of all, they don't need a nag. They don't need it. In other words, he doesn't need this guy talking, you know, just saying negative things the entire trip. Guys, I hate this. It's, Nick, why don't you take, not Nick, Will. Will, why don't you take care of yourself? Come on, Will. That's what they don't need, okay? You know what else? <laughs> That's all right. You can put it down. <laughs> Let's give him a hand. 
Yeah, I just move it back. Let me, let, me tell you, let me tell you what else they don't need. They don't need to be dragging anybody, somebody that can't carry their load. That's a friend that we don't need. We don't need a nag. We don't need a drag. And lastly, we don't need a lag. That's the person that can never be counted on, right? Person that if they do show up, they show up late, right? We need friends of faith, the people that God has put us around. I want to ask you a couple of questions. First of all, who are your four people in your life that can get you to Jesus? Think about that for a second. That's kind of the idea of connect groups. I don't, I'm not necessarily best friends with everybody in my connect group, but I do know that if I get in trouble, these are people that can get me to Jesus. Are you with me? Second of all, not only are your four friends, who, who do you need to take to Jesus? Is there somebody in your life, you and your friends of faith, needs to take somebody to Jesus? We need people of faith around us. Maybe your problem isn't your faith. Maybe your problem are your people. That's what we have to ask ourselves. Do you believe that same man? Verse 20 says this, seeing their faith, Jesus said to the man, Young man, your sins are forgiven. We need to be surrounded by people of faith. What did Jesus see? He saw not only the young man's faith, Jesus saw the faith of the people that carried him. Don't miss that. Jesus, I believe Jesus performed this miracle not just for the sake of the young man that needed it, but also for the sake of the people that got him there. Their faith was rewarded. Let me close with this. Faith is incomplete without action. So what is your plan of faith? What is your plan to grow? What is your next step of faith? Not a leap. Maybe yours is to give your life to Christ. Maybe it's baptism. Maybe it's to be part of a Bible study or growth track or be a part of a connect group. What is your next step? Maybe it's serving on the dream team. Maybe it's begin to start tithing and believing God to trust you, trust him with your finances. Maybe it's part of, 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 of a salvation plan. He says, Seeing their faith, he said first to the young man, your sins are forgiven. That's the most important, and it is the first step of faith. That is the most important faith action that we can take. Jesus sets that precedence by letting us know it is the soul that needs salvation before any other thing. So I want to tell you today, as before we pray, stop thinking leaps of faith and start thinking steps of faith. And ask yourself as we pray, what is my next step? So Heavenly Father, I thank you, Lord, for bringing us here today. And thank you, Lord, for speaking to us. And I pray, Lord, that we all ask ourselves, what is the next step of faith? What is the next action step of faith that we need to take in order, in order, Lord, for us to follow you and your calling in Christ's name? As your heads are bowed, I first want to talk to you if you belong to Christ you follow the Lord, what is he saying to you today? What do you feel the Spirit of the Lord saying to you? What is your next step? Because I can tell you, he didn't save us just to show up for church and never walk forward in faith. God has a life of faith, and that faith journey takes us to different places in our lives. It introduces us to people in our future. That faith journey connects us with not only his church, but with our calling. What is your next step of faith? What does that look like? What is God leading you to do? As you ask yourself that, I want to pray with you right now. 
Heavenly Father, I pray for every person that's here. What is our next step of faith? Even me, as a pastor, of course, I have another step. What is my next step? Lord, I feel like I, I know what my next step is. I ask, Lord, that you will give me the faith to take that step. Lord, as every person here, every person that's watching us online, as we ask ourselves, Lord, what is our next step? I pray, Lord, that you will speak to us by your spirit. You will reveal that to us. Help us to be moved by faith, not by fear. To have a plan of faith. And as we have a plan of faith, you will give us people of faith around us, Lord, that we can reach our destination and fulfill our calling. In the name of Jesus, if you believe that and receive it, say amen. One more prayer, as we always do. I want to pray for those that might not know Jesus. Whether you're watching us online or you're in the house, I'm going to pray one more prayer. Maybe you're here and you can say, Travis, I've, I've never given my life to Christ. That's a step of faith that you need to take. Maybe you can say, Travis, I once lived for God, but I really feel like I walked away from him, and I want to rededicate my life to Christ. That's okay. That's a step of faith. Whatever that looks like to you, whatever your next step looks like in believing and following Christ, I want to pray with you right now. I'm not going to ask you to come down here. I'm not going to ask you to stand. I'm not going to single you out. I just want to say a prayer, but I would like to know if anybody is here in the house that wants to give your life to Christ. I want to know if I'm praying for somebody. So with nobody looking around, you can say, Travis, if you'll pray, I'm going to pray with you, and I'm going to give my life to Christ, or I'm going to rededicate my life to Christ. Real quickly, put your hand up and put it down so I know. I see your hand right here. You can put it down. Anybody else? That's me, Travis. I see your hand over here. You can put it down. Anybody else? That's me, Travis. I'm going to give my life to Christ today, and I want you to pray with me. I don't want to miss anybody. If you're watching us online, repeat this prayer after us as we pray. Come on, church. Let's all pray together in support of those that are going to say that prayer today. Repeat after me. Dear Heavenly Father, I'm before you today, and I give you my life. And Jesus, I ask you to be Lord and Savior of my life to come and take my life and use it for your cause. I believe in you, Jesus, that you died for me and you rose from the dead. And from this moment on, my life is committed to you in the name of Jesus. Amen. Come on, guys, let's give those a hand that have given their life to Christ.